0: Please turn with me in your copy of God's Word to the Gospel of John in the 10th chapter. We'll be looking at verses 11 through 15 this evening. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, we just praise you once again for our good shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask that you would, through this passage, turn our hearts to him, and that we might worship him and adore him, and through him, find life abundantly. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In this grand passage, our Lord Jesus reveals how he is the good shepherd of the flock of God. He is the one who leads the flock, God's people. He is the one who lays down his life for them. He is their Lord. It is a great and glorious truth that the Lord Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. This passage is one of the great I am sayings of the Gospel of John. In each of these passages, the Lord Jesus proclaims a truth concerning himself. In John 6, verse 35, he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. In chapter 8, verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And then in this chapter, in verse 9, we read, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And thus we come to this passage, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. In the previous chapter, in chapter 9, the Lord Jesus had healed a man who had been born blind. And he had done so on the Sabbath. When the Pharisees discovered that the Lord Jesus had done this, they interrogated the man again and again, unable to believe that Jesus had actually healed him. Finally, the man said, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? This infuriated the Pharisees so much that they threw the man out of the synagogue. Jesus found the man and called him to himself and said to him, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. The Pharisees heard this and responded, Are we also blind? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say, we see, your guilt remains. It is in this context that the Lord Jesus began speaking about the shepherds of the sheep. By throwing out of the synagogue one who had expressed faith in Christ. They demonstrated themselves, the Pharisees demonstrated themselves to be faithless shepherds and unfaithful guides for the sheep. Our Lord noted that the true shepherd enters through the door and calls his own sheep by name and leads them out in verse three. The sheep do not follow strangers, but they follow the true shepherd. And then in verse 7, he notes that he is the door of the sheep. He is the one through whom everyone enters in order to be saved. And then he notes that all who came before him were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Here he is not referring to the prophets of the Old Testament, but to all who falsely claimed to lead the people of God. These wicked Pharisees who threw out those who trusted in Christ. Every false prophet, every evil king, every faithless priest was a thief and a robber. But the people of God did not look to them or listen to them. This was given in the context of the Pharisees and their authority, but it applies to anyone who claims to be an ultimate authority. And power over the lives of God's people. We have seen time and again those who claim to be the final authorities over God's people demonstrating that they have only come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. In contrast to them, our Lord Jesus has come that the sheep may have life and might have it abundantly, as he says in verse 10. And thus, in verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And this is the first point of the text. The Lord Jesus is the good shepherd. And this truth is so rich. It is so profound. What does it mean that our Lord Jesus is the good shepherd? What this means is that just as a shepherd cares for his flock and guides them, Feeds them, leads them to pasture, to clean water. To, he defends them, he comforts them, he lifts them, carries them out of danger. So also does our Lord Jesus do to us. It is a wondrous picture of his love and care for his people as he leads his flock to living waters, as we read in chapter 7. Our shepherd is the true shepherd. The one who will not lead us astray, but who leads us in paths of righteousness. We see this same picture in the Old Testament. In Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And this shepherd is our Lord Jesus. We have no need of anything in him. We shall not want. He leads us to rest in green pastures, and he leads us beside still waters. And even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we shall fear no evil for our Lord Jesus Christ is with us. The Lord Jesus is our defense and our comfort. And he is good. What does it mean that he is the good shepherd? Recall what happened when he was asked by a young man what he must do to inherit eternal life. In Mark 10, verses 17 and 18, we read, And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. The point there in that passage is that the man addressed Jesus and called him good as if he were simply another man. Jesus forced him to think about what it really means for someone to be called good. Every other man is sinful. Every other man is tainted by depravity. Only God is perfectly holy and thus truly good. And our Lord Jesus is truly God. Our good shepherd is good because he is the living God. He alone is truly divine and the source of all goodness. We have a great shepherd who is truly good. We have one as our shepherd who is not a sinner. We have one who is untainted by any hint of evil, by the remotest hint of depravity the Lord Jesus alone among men is truly good. He alone is sinless. Now this theme of the shepherd is found throughout scripture. When Joshua was appointed to take Moses' place, Moses said, let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation who shall go out before them and come in before them, who shall lead them Out And bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be as sheep that have no shepherd. So the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. In Ezekiel 34, we read of wicked shepherds who had failed to feed the sheep. And thus the sheep had become prey for wild beasts. He writes in verse 4, My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. And then in verse 12, he says, as a shepherd seeks out his flock, when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness And then in verse 15, he says, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. God himself will become the shepherd of the sheep and would lead them to rich pasture in rest. In Isaiah 40, verse 11, we read, The Lord will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom. And gently lead those that are with young. So there is this great theme of God as the shepherd of his people Israel. And of Israel as the sheep, the flock of God. There is judgment upon unjust and faithless shepherds. As God himself steps in to shepherd his people. And we see our Lord Jesus here as the fulfillment of all of these passages. The Lord Jesus is God himself manifest in the flesh to shepherd the people of God. And he is the good shepherd, the one who has compassion upon his people, that they might not be harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. In Matthew 9, verses 35 through 36, we read the Lord Jesus echoing the words of Moses in Numbers And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. The Lord Jesus is the good shepherd who has compassion upon his people. Upon the flock of God. But then he notes further what it means for the shepherd to be good. He says the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And this is what it supremely means to be the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus introduces this point to note that the good shepherd sacrifices himself For the flock. He lays down his life for the sheep. The false shepherds condemned in the Old Testament allowed the flock to suffer and to be scattered so that they might profit. They made themselves fat and wealthy at the expense of the flock. They took advantage of the people of God. In contrast to this, Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep, he gives himself rather than taking anything from the sheep. He works for their good, laying down his very life. And this is in contrast to the hired hand, as we read in verses 12 to 13. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them he flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep and this is the second point of the text our lord jesus the good shepherd is good because he is not like those who are hired he is not like a hired hand he is good because he cares for the sheep he knows them and they know him. They are his. The hired hands care nothing for the sheep. They will not lay down their lives for them. They will put, not, not put themselves into danger on account of the sheep. They care nothing for the sheep. There is no personal relation between the hirelings and the sheep, they are just the possession of someone else. They do not consider the sheep worth of personal danger. Now the question is, who are the hired hands? Who are the hirelings? And the answer is that these are those who, like the thieves and robbers earlier in the passage, have sought to have dominion over the people of God for their own personal gain. Whether the Pharisees or the false prophets and teachers or any other person in history who sought to use the people of God for their own benefit or for their own power and glory rather than for the glory of God and for the good of God's people. On some occasions, we may even see hired hands who are decent teachers, but as soon as controversy comes along the way, they get out of the way and allow the people of God to be ravaged by wolves and false teaching. These leaders and false prophets flee at the first sign of trouble, of difficulty, or of persecution. The Pharisees did not care for the people of God. They cared more for their own power and glory. False teachers do not care for the people of God. They simply use them as means to an end. Look at Simon Magus in Acts 8, verses 14 through 25 where he tried to buy the power of the Holy Spirit with money so that he could be seen as great and powerful. His concern was for power and glory, not for the people of God. Look at the Apostle Paul's condemnation of Demas in 2 Timothy verse, chapter 4, verse 10. Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me. There are few more chilling words to read than that. In love with this present world. At the first sign of trouble, these hired hands flee the church. And when the devouring wolf comes, these false teachers show who they really are because they flee from the flock of God. These are those who have no true connection, no root, no genuine union with God's people. What do these false teachers care? They are not their people. They belong to someone else. They care nothing for the sheep. And look at how these hired hands allow the flock to be scattered, to be ravaged. They see the wolf coming and flee. And the wolf snatches the sheep and scatters them. How horrible is this? How many times have we seen false teaching come into a church and scatter the people of God. This is horrible. These will not stand and fight off the wolves, whether those wolves are persecution or false teaching. In either case, when demonic power moves forward to destroy the church, these hired hands flee and will not fight it. And these are the type of false shepherds prophesied in Zechariah Chapter 11, verses 15 through 17. Then the Lord said to me, Take once more the equipment of a foolish shepherd. For behold, I am raising up in the land a shepherd who does not care for those being destroyed, or seek the young, or heal the maim, or nourish the healthy, but devours the flesh of the fat ones, tearing off even their hooves. Woe to my worthless shepherd who deserts the flock, May the sword strike his right arm and his eye. Let his arm be wholly withered, his right eye utterly blinded. But in contrast to this, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Verse 14. Once again, our Lord notes that he is the good shepherd. In contrast to these wicked hired hands, those who flee at danger and allow the flock to be ravaged. The Lord Jesus loves the sheep and knows them. And this is the third great point of the text. The Lord Jesus is the good shepherd because he knows his flock. And this is a great and glorious truth. Our Lord Jesus has a personal knowledge of his flock. He knows his people and we know him. We belong to him. He is our God and we are his people. He knows his people and he cares for them. The Lord Jesus knows us. It is not as if there were no relation between Jesus and us. No, we are his people. He says that he knows his own He knows each one of us. As he says in here in our chapter in verse three, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He calls each one of us by name. He knows each and every one of his people. He knows you, each and every one of you. We are not part of some faceless crowd. It's not as if the Lord were looking out on a crowd and it was just, yeah, those are my people. No, He knows every single one of us. Every single person here. Every single person in history who is part of His flock, who is part of His people. He knows us intimately. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows you. And we know Him. Him. As he says in verse four, when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. We know our Lord Jesus. We, his sheep, his flock, know his voice. We know our Lord when he speaks to us. We know his voice because we have his spirit within us. And where does he speak? He speaks in his word. He speaks in his holy scriptures. We hear his voice in the scriptures. We hear his voice speaking comfort to us in the word. When we sin, we hear his voice of pardon in the scripture. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1. When we are burdened, in need of comfort, we hear him saying, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest." Matthew 11:28. "And because those who are Christ know His voice and know Him through His word, those who are Christ will flee from false shepherds. He says in verse five, "A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from Him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Those who have the Spirit of Christ will flee from any voice that contradicts Him. Those who possess the Holy Spirit will ultimately be kept free from apostasy. And then look at what he says here in verse 15. Just as my Father knows me and I know the Father. The Father and the Son are one in the transcendent, perfect, Mystical bond of the Holy Trinity. The Father and the Son know each other perfectly in the bond of the Holy Spirit. The Triune God is one, united in essence and in substance, yet three in person. And the Lord Jesus brings us into fellowship with Him. We, the Lord Jesus brings us all into communion with God the Father, God the Son, and In God the Holy Spirit. So thus we may partake of the knowledge of God. The Lord Jesus leads us to the knowledge of God. It is so great that the Lord Jesus has given us his Holy Spirit. That we might know God truly. That we might know the Father truly. He says in John 17. And this is eternal life. That they might know you, the one true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And the Lord Jesus leads us into that knowledge. And then fourthly and finally, he says, I lay down my life for the sheep. Repeating what he had said earlier about the good shepherd, this time he makes it abundantly clear. Jesus lays down his life for the sheep. Not only is this why he is good, this is why he is our shepherd. The Lord Jesus lays down his life for his people. He died for the church. He went to the cross and made atonement for his people. This is the purpose for which he has come. He has come to redeem his people, to save his bride who is ravaged by sin and its fruit, death. In contrast to the hired hands who would not lift a finger to help, our good shepherd did not flee, but went to the cross instead of us. He laid down his life for the sheep. And this is one of the most glorious truths of this passage. Our Lord Jesus has laid down his life for us. He has died to redeem his people. He does not lay down his life for the goats. He does not lay down his life for the wolves. He lays down his life for the sheep, for the church. And who are we that he might die for us? We are sinners and not worth dying for. We are corrupt and wicked and born dead in our trespasses and sins. But this shows the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, our good shepherd that he has died for us. We read in Romans 5, verses 6 through 8, for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The Lord Jesus died for us, for we who were the foolish, wicked sheep and brought us redemption. He died so that we would not be devoured by the wolves, so that we would not be snatched away forever. He died that we might be redeemed. As the Apostle Peter says in 1 Peter 2, verse 25, For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. If you are a believer here this evening and you know the Lord Jesus Christ, then you can say, Jesus died for me. If you are a believer in Christ, then you could say firmly, without any hesitation, that He is your good shepherd. So I call you believers, every one of you, to look to Him. Look to your good shepherd. Look to your savior, Jesus. Come to your great shepherd for comfort. Are you troubled by the ills of this world? Look to your great shepherd, who is the king of kings. Are you disturbed by your sins? Look to the good shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has laid down his life that you might be saved. Are you under affliction? Look to the Lord Jesus, the good shepherd who leads you beside quiet waters and who leads you to peace. Look to the Lord Jesus Christ for comfort, for joy, and for peace. But if you are not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ this evening, then you cannot say, truly, he died for me. You cannot say that he is your good shepherd. You are lost, wandering, and alienated from him. And he calls you today to come to him. Come to the good shepherd and put your faith in him. Flee from your sins and come to the good shepherd who has laid down his life that you might be free. Hear his voice speaking from you in his word. He calls you to come to Him to repent of your sins and trust in His cross. Trust in His death for your sins that God has poured out His wrath upon Him rather than upon you that you might be saved. To you also, I say, look to the Lord Jesus Christ. And to all here today, I exhort you to look to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the good shepherd, to the one who has laid down his life for the sheep. Look to him, for he is the comfort, the salvation for your souls. And he has come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, we just thank you and praise you again. For the salvation that you have given us in our great good shepherd, our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we just praise you for him so much. And we ask that you bless the rest of our evening. In Jesus' name, amen.